For my ally is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. feeling about this. Welcome to episode 84 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. How is it going, buddy? going good right on how's your week Life's been good. been the weather's been crazy mm. it's been warm uh, oh my god warm how crazy is that we literally went from birmingham going into full-on ice storm shutdown where snowpocalypse yeah like where jesse and i couldn't do anything on friday or saturday last week like babaloo was even closed all day on saturday right which is crazy because we went out like that afternoon to just go run a couple of errands and pick up food and like the roads were fine everything was fine yeah um but anyway uh yeah we went from that to like 70 degrees this week yeah it was insane like uh, it is crazy having to just the feeling of having to switch from heat to ac to ac in in at the new year basically it's crazy yeah yeah real fucking weird well you know uh you know today and right now while we're recording it's friday the 13th did you know happy, that one? happy horror day yeah uh, in fact when i get done with uh with this episode i am probably going to sit down and watch a little friday the 13th part four the final chapter Nice. My personal favorite of the Friday the 13th movies. And you're a connoisseur. I am. I love me some 80s horror movies. I love slasher movies. Fucking Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite. I love Friday the 13th, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When I tell you I like them, this kid schooled me in it forever. Like, I know everything I know about horror movies because of Hawes. Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, I, I I was into horror movies. Not by by much, but I was into them before I was even into Star Wars. Like, I was into Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like four. And then shortly thereafter, I saw A New Hope for the first time. So, 
Uh, not in the current horror movies, though. I don't feel like they do good ones. I can agree with you there. I can't remember the last. Just because all the ones I've seen with you, there's, the recent stuff is not not yeah, on par. That, you know, I want to say maybe the last one I saw that was halfway decent was the first Insidious movie. Yeah. And I say it's halfway decent because the first three-fourths of that movie actually are pretty good and have some creepy moments. But they start doing this fucking astral projection shit at the end of no. that movie that is terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, this isn't a horror movie podcast. Um, I was about to say I could do a horror movie podcast, but you I could. Just, I don't I mean, think I could, could I mean, anymore. Duly noted. We can move on, but you know a lot about the school. Before. Um. Well, you guys, I guess I need to give you the business before we move on. Oh, oh, I love this part. <sighs> Follow us on Facebook, or like us on Facebook rather at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow oh. us on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Our Instagram is up and running and at running. Blue Harvest Pod for both of those, Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And you can buy stuff, shirts and what have you, at tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And that's the business, guys. I that love the, the business. business so much. It's unreal. Just hearing you give the business excites me. Well, I'm just glad that I'm not bad at it like I used no. to be. Like when we first started, I was like, um, you, when you so, hand out that business, it's delightful. So we've got a Twitter and it is, you know, the at symbol. It's the A with the circle around it. <laughs> uh, so uh, Star Wars this week news this week, we got a couple of things and then we got some emails and voice messages as usual. So you guys know the plan of where it's going forward. Um, I was trying to think if I had anything. Still cr- still pretty cranky. Gotta admit. Still pretty cranky. Still pretty cranky from the whole not smoking thing. Um, oh. And Johnny leapt on my non-smoking crankiness and then exploited it. Like He was like Emperor, really? Emperor Palpatine. And I was like uh, Anakin Skywalker where he was like, do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, no. What what happened? You told me about what happened with your cigarettes and the Tuscan Raiders and your mother. I I mean, like, I mean, I just, uh, I I have been told on uh, that on this week's Rogue One, I was uh, in quote unquote rare form. He got got me going on this, (laughs) this poor dude that just got caught in my fucking non-smoker rage super laser this guy that just made like a a harmless joke on twitter and i was like what the fuck does that mean right um yeah and then and then really when he really got me going was he got me started talking about Zack snyder and batman versus superman and the dark and the dark knight rises which you know are two of my least favorite batman movies of all time right I do. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I really went, went hard in the paint as the kids would say on Christopher Nolan and, and Zack Snyder. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when that force comes under your super laser of, uh, of rage, doesn't matter who's in the way. Yeah. 
Yeah, he got me going, man. Don't push me because I'm not smoking. Uh, I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> All right. I guess we should get to uh, Star Wars news. Uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, the rumors about Woody Harrelson being cast in the young Han Solo movie. And it's going to be awesome. As of this week, it's official. He is in the Han Solo movie. And I'm really excited about that. I'm intrigued. I don't know if I would go as far as excited. Um, I'm intrigued. I want to see what's up with that. He said in an interview um, that like he's... He's uh, Han Solo's mentor, but he's also a bit of a criminal. And I was like, yeah. well, no fucking shit. If you're Han Solo's mentor, like you're not going to be like big brothers of America. Like you're not going <laughs> to be a good upstanding citizen being Han Solo's mentor. Yeah. Let well, me show you how to rip somebody off. Like in my mind, like with Let me show you how to gamble in my mind, this is how you go with a mentor character. You either go like, to make Han Solo's mentor, you either make them really law-abiding, and like that's where that sort of like the good good guy side of Han Solo comes from. But he's like, yeah. "Fuck that! I'm not going that way. I'm going to be a smuggler." Or you make him a worse guy than Han Solo. You know what I'm saying? Like he's the more ruthless, um, you know, not giving a shit version of Han Solo. Right, the rebel, the renegade. This wouldn't. This is not. I don't think this is exactly how it'd be. But you've seen the uh, the Marvel Daredevil show, right? Yeah. You know the character sticks. Yeah, the, stick. How he is like the more brutal version of Daredevil, basically. Yeah. Where like he will actually kill people, and he like really believes in the cause. And then Daredevil is like. You know, he's the little bit better version of that. He won't kill people, like, but he'll just really, really fuck them up. Um, I kind of see that being sort of a similar situation. Yeah. Um, he's not ready to cross that line. Right, right. So we'll see. Um, a lot of people are... I've seen a really wide variety of reaction to that one online. I've seen people that are super stoked. I've seen people that are like super against it. And uh, I've seen people more like me that are kind of like in the middle. Like so far, they have done a really great job with the casting side of things yeah. um, in the Disney era of Star Wars. In fact, I think that might be one of their strongest assets is, is their casting so far. Yeah. Um, so if they think he's going to do the job then I'm just going to trust him and I'll say something if I don't like it, I guess. I'm excited. I think he can be the ruffian. For sure. The pompous, arrogant smuggler. Have you seen the Hunger Games movies? Yes, I have. How is he in those? I have, I'm going to be completely honest. I've not that, seen... Honestly, you know what? Honestly, that's kind of what makes me believe he can do a good job at it is because really? I've seen him in the Hunger Games. And if he takes it to another level for Star Wars, he could be he could be good. He does it pretty good in the uh, the Hunger Games stuff. So I heard... and I, I'm not a big Hunger Games fan. I didn't read any of the books. I'll be honest. You know, I, I kind of just figured it was a it was for a, um, a different demographic than me. And then right. I watched the movies. I was like, oh, that the concept is pretty badass. 
Okay. You know, people dying left and right, and she's living through all that, and there's a rebellion, and a, I, I don't, I haven't seen more than the first two movies. But okay. It's not awful. And he's got, he's got like sort of a mentor role in that, right? He does. Okay. He does. Okay. Well, right on then. Um, I'm stoked. I'm stoked about that Han Solo movie. I'm. Uh, it's gonna. It's shaping up to be pretty good. I feel like tonally, it's the complete opposite of Rogue One, whereas Rogue One was probably as I and I hate this fucking term, dark and gritty. I hate it now. I got intense and dramatic. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not. I'm tired of people being like, oh, I want a dark and gritty this. I want a dark and gritty that. I want a dark right. and gritty this. I right, don't want get everything it. that way. I get it. Dark and gritty is the fucking 4chan edgelord call, you know, catchphrase of the 2015s. But not everything right. has to be fucking dark and gritty. Where it works, you know, doing a darker version is something like Rogue One. But you don't want dark and gritty Han Solo fucking origin movie you know where he's like on prison shanking folks and making toilet punch and shit yeah star wars toilet he, punch yeah uh, speaking of prison so you know i'm a <laughs> i'm a fan of cooking shows right like yeah like so am I'm, I. I'm right but i'm also sort of a obviously you are i'm also sort of a little more picky like i can't just watch food network all day like Dude, I, I know exactly what you mean keep like, going though so there's this guy. This is the <clears throat> the complete other spec end of the spectrum from what I normally like to watch. There's this guy on YouTube called The Wolf Pit and he does like taste tests of really bad food. It's called What Are We Eating? So he'll go buy like a banquet dinner and he'll show you all the nutritional information. He'll cook it and he'll taste test it and be like, "Oh, this is awful" or "Oh, this isn't actually bad." But he does like, <clears throat> he'll go to the dollar store and get dollar pork chops and oh. eat them. And like hamburger in a can is one that what? I saw him eat. Like he get he gets the weird shit, right? What? Yes. Hamburger in a can. It looked awful. He made something on his channel the other day called Nutraloaf. Have you ever heard of this? No. It is, what is loaf? it is a nutritional loaf that they feed prisoners in prison, mainly like problematic prisoners, like solitary confinement. And it yeah. is supposedly the gross, one of the grossest foods you can ever eat. And it's like been argued that it is inhumane to feed this to prisoners. That's how gross it is, right? What? Yeah. And it's like, it's this loaf that's got like spinach and white beans and raisins and carrots and dairy-free cheese and <laughs> potato flakes. Like, supposedly it's completely nutri nutritionally complete, though, if you were to eat it, right? Nut it's got maybe some nuts in it or something. <laughs> so I saw okay. him make this shit and I was like, oh, this is fucking foul. Fucking foul! Oh. You should look it up. This okay, as a I will. I have to now. As a culinary master, I think yeah. you should look up even the worst of the culinary wor world. I haven't, like, I haven't ever heard of this. He made demise. he made prison pad thai one time, right? How how do you do that? You make up ramen, okay? Yeah, and then you. I can't remember if you use the seasoning packet or not. Maybe you do. But then to make the pad thai sauce, you just mix up 
any type of hot sauce and peanut butter and then mix that in with the hot ramen. Like he makes prison food sometimes. I don't know. It is a fucking like I sit on my couch and work for so long. <laughs> I run out of shit to watch. So like I, I find these weird YouTube channels. I was about to say, I feel like you've seen the bowels of YouTube because of how how your job is and just to occupy your mind while you do something. Yeah, man. You've seen a good portion of what's out there. I've seen, I don't know. I mean, you know, YouTube is so vast. I wouldn't go that far. But I have seen and get fascinated with some weird YouTube channels. Um, well, you know, in like South Korea, people have YouTube channels of just them eating things or cooking and eating things. Oh, right, things. right. Oh, I mean, like, that's a trend over there. I, like, I, have you ever heard of... famous sh- and it's... I don't know. That'd be crazy. Have you ever heard of Shoe Knife? Shoe Nice. I feel like I have. Shoe Nice is this guy who I am 100% convinced is a fucking meth head that has a YouTube channel where he just, it is even worse than the Wolf Pit guy. He'll be like, oh goodness. This video, I'm going to chug an entire fifth of, you know, Jack Daniels. That doesn't sound like an ideal situation. Or I'm going to. Uh, snort an entire bottle of hot sauce, and he's what? like, he keeps going like he's he's real weird. Oh, he's oh, got oh, these. Oh, weird, I remember this guy. And he's now. like, I've um, seen him. either way, that's his 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 uh his fucking catchphrase. He'll be like, Hey yeah. YouTube, shoe nice here. I'm going to chug this bottle of Jack Daniels. Well, either way, let's get to it. As you can see, either way, it's got the plastic wrap still on the cap. Either like, way, you feel like some part of him has lost his brain. Oh like he's yeah, he's had brain damage somewhere oh. along the way. Because yeah. when he's talking, he's not making sense. No, he is not. That's why I think he's like. He's into the, like hard drugs. He's like a meth head or he, something. He just doesn't care. He does. He gives no. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's weird. Like you, you open up this platform of YouTube, and you get such amazing things off of YouTube. Like YouTube, when you think about it, is an amazing platform for you know like independently individual content. Yeah, independently created content. Yeah, you get some dog shit like PewDiePie that gets fucking huge for no fucking reason. But like, if that's I why want, that outlet is there, if I wanted to sit down and watch a dude play final fantasy four from beginning to end in a series <laughs> of 12 YouTube videos, I can do that. If I want to yeah. watch endless hours of star Wars fan films, I can do that. If yeah. I want to watch fucking concert footage from shows I've been to, it's on YouTube. Yeah, but then you get these fuckers that are like, <laughs> "Watch me put a nail up my butthole," or "Watch me fucking pour hot sauce in my eyes," or "Hit myself in the dick with a fucking paint can." That's not appropriate. It's the juggalo fucking corners of YouTube that are really <laughs> weird. Like that is an area you do not want to go. Oh, it's dark. Like one time, Jesse and I watched a bunch of Juggalo videos, and we did it thinking, like, "Ha ha, we'll just laugh at all these stupid Juggalos, whoop whoop, and what have you." Right? Yeah. No, it was disturbing. Like it oh was looking God. into, it was like looking into Ted Bundy's fucking YouTube playlist. No. It's fine. Either way, 
<laughs> Either oh. way. All right. Um, you know what I've been watching a lot of on YouTube? I, f- I meant to bring this up to you last week, and I didn't. And this is actually Star Wars and YouTube related. Um, I am recently got the fucking collectible card game bug again. Really? Which I have not had since the mid-90s with the Decipher Star Wars collectible card game. Okay. Uh, Fantasy Flight released um, towards the end of last year this new Star Wars collectible card game called Star Wars Destiny. Yeah. And, uh, you know, their first set is out. They have a... a sort of a Rogue One centric set coming out in a few months, but it's really cool because it's a cards and dice game. So like your starter deck comes with, so let's say you get a Ray, like that Ray will have a dice associated with her that you roll while you're playing the game, and it's got different symbols that mean certain damage or shields and hmm. resources and things like that. I'm not here to break down the entire rules of the game, <laughs> right? But man. I got into it, and uh, so I got the starter decks. It's really hard to find right now. Like, I called around to several... It must be really popular. Yeah, it is, and I think it's uh, also a matter of, like, they're just sort of getting their production going, so there's not a lot of product out there. Right. Um, I called around a bunch of collectible stores, and my goal was to buy a box of booster packs and the two starter decks, right? All I was able to find were the two starter decks. They have a Ray set and a Kylo set. Yeah. So I got those. Um, and then I ordered a box of boosters online. And man, it has been forever since I've sat down and opened an entire booster back, boost, a box of, you know, collectible card game cards. Yeah. I probably only did, because when I was a kid, like I had to use allowance and shit and save that shit up forever to get like a box of magic cards or a box of fucking Star Wars cards. <clears throat> yeah. Man, there's something fucking oddly satisfying about cracking those packs open, seeing what cool cards I got. You know what I I'm saying? I used to play Magic the Gathering. And Line so I understand like collect, you know, booster packs and the satisfaction of getting those new and rare cards. Yeah. A whole a whole box of thirty six packs, man, that yeah. was fun to open. Yeah, um, I got some but good you cards got some badass too. Shit in there. I did. I got. Uh, I was a little bummed because I'm trying to like, like Steve is going to play with me sometime soon. Jesse and I have played a couple of times, so like, it's Steve's not going to go out and buy packs and stuff. So I'm trying to get enough cards to make like a bunch of different decks so I can play. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, I was a little light on the dark side characters. I did get a Django Fett. Which uh, really mm. fucking excited me. They don't have a boba yet, unfortunately. Um, but I got some really good light side cards. I got like a Luke, which was fucking nice. Right. Um, I got Han Solo, the Millennium Falcon, Luke. These are just sort of my rare cards. Uh, Kylo's right. lightsaber. Um, huh. I got an Amidala, a Count Dooku, a Princess Leia, and a Jango Fett. So... Damn. Pretty stoked with all of those. That's pretty good, man. Um, no Phasma, which I was hoping to get. No Darth Vader. No Qui Gon. Too sweet. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'm going to be in the market for another box of booster packs at some point. Right. To try and uh, fill you out. Should the collection. see if you should get them somewhere in bulk for like really cheap from like China or something. Well, you know what? Um, 
because on eBay, a box of these boosters is like 150 bucks. And I was like, no, nah, man, I can't spend that much on a box of boosters. I found you do and you won't have to for a long time. Well, I mean, that's that's it. I bought I bought a box of boosters, but oh. I didn't spend that because that's not the retail price. That's the eBay scalper price. Oh, it's right. like 150 to 170 bucks. I found one website that had one box in stock for like retail and ordered it. And uh, so I'm just waiting until some stores refresh and maybe get another one and maybe knock out my, uh, my new obsessions collection. Next time I see you, we'll have to throw down. Oh yeah. We'll do a yeah. couple battles, but I've been watching a lot of like deck building videos and, and, um, you know, game videos of this, Right. Game trying to figure out what deck I'm going to run. Oh, am I going to run a Kylo Django deck? Am I going to run a Han <laughs> Leia deck? Studying <sighs> up on your strategy. Super nerdy. I love it. Fucking love it. I love a good fucking card game. No, I, I totally understand. And there's no way. Like, I loved Magic back in the day. And I did I, too. I had a really badass red-green deck. Yeah, and uh, I played it a lot in the Boy Scouts. That's where Magic was real big, trading cards and shit. But I had man, an elf deck once, had some really old cards in it. Once they came out with that fucking decipher Star Wars game, I never looked at Magic again because like Star yeah. Wars trumps random fantasy for me. You know, right? I mean, that's kind of like like you played WoW for a bit, but then you know the old Republic Star Wars, came out. The old Republic came out, and then, um. The problem was is that Decipher card game was so fucking complicated. At least it was for yeah. me as a kid. Like, I could barely figure out how to play, and, like, I never really got any great cards and stuff as a kid. Like, if that game out came out now, maybe I'd be able to understand it a little better and I'd have the disposable income to buy cards and shit. But, um, but yeah, that's, that is my current... That and Hunting Down... Um, the fucking Revan wave of Black Series figures uh, is my my new Star Wars obsession. And Why are they super rare? Well, you you know they're just now sort of starting to hit this new wave, and this new wave is, in my opinion, just on the characters that are in it is one of the more impressive waves they've done in a long time because it's Revan from Knights of the Old Republic, Sabine from Rebels. Snowtrooper, AT-AT driver, a New Hope Princess Leia, and old Obi-Wan, episode four Obi-Wan. All figures I'm really stoked to get, all figures that everybody else is really stoked to get. You know what I mean? Especially right. Those that, are the ones who are going to be hunting. Especially that Leia. The fucking asshole scalpers online because of Carrie Fisher's death are hiking the price of that black series figure up so fucking high. Yeah, man, They're it's like, well, real it scummy. Just became more valuable. Yeah, it's real fucking scummy, man. Like, you know, I I don't necessarily have a problem with people getting figures and then making a little profit online. I think it's shitty to take, you know, a $20 Revan figure and try to sell it for 200 bucks on eBay. Like, I, I'm all about, you know, yeah, make your money and stuff, but to me, that is a little too far. But to take a figure that was before, 
selling for like 30, maybe 40 bucks online and really crank the price of it up because she passed away. I just think that's shitty. Exploitism. That uh, That's a good segment to our next piece of fucking... I feel like I'm saying fucking a lot tonight. It's that fucking... There's just a steady undercurrent of not smoking rage under... Like, like today... Silent, today, palpable. Yeah. Mm. Today I is... I taste the rage. Mm. Mm. It's palpable. Today is actually not all that bad. It's been... It's one of the better days. I'm hoping I'm, like, over the top of the hill and I'm on the way down. But, yeah, just quite, like, just under the surface there's just like a little annoyance ready to come like little things that would never annoy me or start have been annoying me lately you yeah. know what i mean i do um so uh there were some rumors that broke yesterday that lucasfilm was in negotiations with carrie fisher's estate and i assume that's her daughter daughter billy um billy lord billy lord um, <clears throat> about the continued use of her likeness in Star Wars going forward. And they sort of hypothesized that maybe this could be, you know, a CG Leia in Episode Nine. Um, that was the big sort of theory. Um, some places, including like our, our buddies over at Making Star Wars, said, you know, that's not necessarily what this means, this this could mean that they're just negotiating to still be able to use the character and likeness of her in products and say animated series. If Leia showed back up on rebels, you know, um, right. But a lot of people seem to think, Oh, this means they're going to do a CG Leia. Well, in a rare move, star Wars.com actually came out, uh, with a statement about it. And this is what they had to say. And, uh, it's, it was published today, January 13th, 2017, and it's a statement regarding new rumors. We don't normally respond to fan or press speculation, but there is a rumor circulating that we would like to address. We want to assure our fans that Lucasfilm has no plans to digitally recreate Carrie Fisher's performance as Princess or General Leia Organa. Carrie was, is, and always will be a part of the Lucasfilm family. She was our princess, our general, and more importantly, our friend. We are still hurting from her loss. We cherish her memory and legacy as Princess Leia and will always strive to honor everything she gave to Star Wars. Which, I mean, like, how that's do you really get, touching. How do you get a nicer statement? Like, that's a great statement. And yeah, it's it, incredible. I, I would like to see them, like, obviously, this is one they really wanted to nip in the bud, like, quick, you know? I would like yeah, to see so there's them. There's no further speculation to hurt them. Right. And, and I would like to see them do that. And, and I understand they can't do this with every internet rumor, especially the crazier ones. Like, do they really need to come out and say, you know, there's rumors that uh, Snoke is Mace Windu. We'd really like to fucking nip those in the bud. They can't do that, you know. But uh, for some of the crazy, you know, the other stuff, I'd like to see them be a little more open. Because, like, that's it. Yeah. The, the debate is done. They said they're not doing it. Like, so now we know where to direct our thoughts and, and stuff going forward. Like, now that that option's off the table, then that sort of helps us. I don't know. That sort of steers us in the right direction of what they might actually do. You know? Steers us in a direction of moving on in a respectful way. 
Like that, that's what's happening. That makes me think that they are definitely going to rearrange something in episode eight to either a kill off the character or write the character out in, in episode eight. Um, there was a rumor earlier, maybe towards the end of last week or earlier this week, um, that, you know, we had heard about this meeting that, um, Lucasfilm was going to have after the first of the year, Kathleen Kennedy said something about it where they were going to sit down and figure out sort of roadmap where they're going forward after, you know, with Star Wars going forward. Now that they've seen sort of the performance of Rogue One, like sort of map out the the plan for sequels to this sequel trilogy maybe or further spinoff movies. Well, the story came out and said that, well, you know, that's still going to be part of the discussion, but now, you know, one of the major points is definitely going to be how do we handle the Leia situation. And supposedly there were two big scenes that were planned for the character. One was a, a reuniting with Luke. And one was a confrontation with Kylo. Oh my goodness. And those and in the article, they said those were planned for either episode eight or episode nine. So they didn't really know where those were. Now, maybe both of those things happen in episode eight and it's already been filmed and it's not an issue. But if, if either of those or both weren't for episode eight, they were you know planned for episode nine, then man, that, that's some big stuff we're going to miss out on. And it is. Obviously, it sucks more that Carrie Fisher passed away, but it also, like, her and Luke <laughs> reuniting, and, and I'm sure it's just circumstantial because of, you know, the passing of Carrie Fisher. That makes me really sad that we may not see that. Like, it makes me really, really sad. Because that, you know. That means Luke will never have seen his sister again. Yeah. For a while, at least, you know. Like, it was already sort of a bummer that we didn't get a chance to see all three of them back together again. Luke, Leia, and Han. It, it worked out in a story sense, but it, at the end of the day, it's still kind of a bummer. And I guess you could say that's sort of fan servicey, but I don't know, man. I guess I don't really feel that way. I guess I feel like... Like, it's just... It, it wouldn't... I'm if you had told me that we wouldn't see them all together again in episode seven, like years before, like if you had told me, Hey, there's going to be an episode seven, but the three of them won't be on screen together. I would have never believed it. Never have believed. Yeah. So that's true. They I've said it just like plenty of other people have said it. It is not an enviable position to be in having to decide where do you go uh, with that. So you want to do some emails, buddy? Yeah, that'll bring it up because that was kind of sad. It was kind of sad, man. I mean, you, I think uh, we can expect that for a little while because of um, the unfortunate passing of Carrie Fisher. Such a bummer, man. God rest her soul. Yeah. So, she was a beautiful lady. She was, inside and out. Man, before we move on. Jesse and I watched this documentary that they just put up on HBO called Bright Lights that is a documentary about Carrie Fisher and, and Debbie Reynolds. Like yeah. it, it basically follows them 
Um, it seems like it takes place sort of leading up to Carrie going to London for the filming of episode seven. You see yeah. some of her training for that and stuff. And man, like I was, I was I, okay. Finally, like it didn't bum me out as bad. Like I was getting better with the whole Carrie Fisher thing. But then Jesse and I watched that and there, there was a scene where Carrie's taking, um, taking care of her dad. Eddie Fisher, um, sort of in the months up to him passing away. And I mean, it was just the whole thing. That's really sad. The whole thing was just sad, man. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck. There's only one thing that can turn, turn these frowns upside down. And that's some fucking listener emails and voice messages. And you know how that kicks off now, right? How's that? Oh yeah. With the Kia D right on. That's good. You sound like you just got a lot of pleasure out of that. Oh, I did. I did. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's what I, the very first thing I put up on, um, on uh, <laughs> fucking the Instagram page was a video of that, that song. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. So here we go. <clears throat> Our first email is from our buddy Dean from Australia. Hey there, Halls and Will. Dino from Down Under here. I'm currently on the road in Outback, Australia, and I've been commiserating along with you and the gang as you comfort us all in the time of sadness with the passing of Carrie Fisher. And like you guys, my mind on the news of her death went immediately to the question of episode nine and what would Lucasfilm Limited do in order to preserve or adjust the story in light of Fisher not being here anymore. As someone who was blown away by the achievement of Tarkin and Leia in Rogue One, I have to say that I want the production to go full Leia and preserve the story into episode nine. I believe that Leia is going to be critical to the story, particularly in light of what we know about Ben solo slash kylo ren and to diminish leia's significance would do a huge disservice to the saga and her character leia is just too important so they've got three years three years to look at their cgi techniques refine and perfect them and bring general leia to life for episode nine they simply have to Carrie signed on for this trilogy. She might have jokingly bitched about it publicly, but I guarantee you that Carrie wanted it in on this, and I reckon that once she began riffing with Daisy, John, and Oscar, she really wanted in. 
Leia is just too important. Carrie knew that. I wrote a few days ago that for any of us who have been mentally broken, she was our hope. Carrie was my hope. Love you guys. Dean from Australia. That's really sweet, Dean. (laughs) Unfortunately, I mean, I, I, I was not sold on uh, a Carrie Fisher in episode nine CG performance. And I, I wasn't necessarily a hundred percent against it either. It was one of those, if they're going to do it, man, they better fucking do it well, you know, but now we know they're not going that way. Yeah. I'm glad they did that. Honestly, just in my opinion, just because you know how I feel about the CGI CGI. All right. uh, Next up, we got a voice message from our buddy Richie in Boston. Right on. Hey, Haas and Will, this is your buddy Richie. Hey, I just got to apologize for my dissertation I sent in last week. I have a political science degree with a minor concentration in U.S. history. So that sort of stuff really geeks me the fuck out. And if it intersects with Star Wars in any way, then I fucking ignite the purple. And I'm talking about the fucking purple helmet. So, you know, I got to apologize for that. I get this little voice in the back of my head going, stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> so, figured this week I'd stay on target. Um, speaking of igniting the purple, how about fucking Obi Wan Kenobi igniting the blue? Um, I know you guys got into it a little bit on last week's episode, but you know I'm interested to see how Darth Maul's gonna bite it. I've got this one fucking thought in my head that you know Ezra Bridger and. Kanan need to bite it in this last if it's if it is the last season last season of rebels because it's gonna give yoda's words more weight from i think it's jedi when gone i am the last of the jedi you will be if we've loved characters and gotten to know characters that are jedi and they fucking die that's gonna make yoda's words even more impressive and as far as maul uh, he's got to be sliced in half the long way, dude. Obi-Wan's got to <laughs> just fucking grab his lightsaber and fucking slice him in half taint first. So be an, yeah, what do you guys think? You, how's Maul going to bite it? And what do you think Rebels is going to be like when it finally ends? And let's hope it's something fucking good this time. All right, guys, take care. Number one, Richie, don't apologize for being, you know, for writing us... A novel. That's okay. That's, I mean, yeah, that's part of it. Like, if you if you have it to say, that's cool. You write it out. Like, yeah, for it's sure. Not a big deal. Like, I, yeah, I mean, you know, it was just a long email, and I was like, damn, this is. It was. It was not just the the length. It was the density. It was so packed for information with information. It was like reading a D and D handbook. Right. <laughs> you read um, a couple sentences back to yourself. While you know what's funny is is I kind of thought that too. Like, what if Obi Wan split Maul the other way? That would um, be appropriate. It would be appropriate and kind he of funny. He tried it hamburger way, and then he decided it was hot dog way. <laughs> uh, and while it would be kind of funny, I I don't see seeing that in a Disney XD cartoon. You know what I mean? No. I mean, I, I think they probably if, if the most intense thing to do is cut his head off, but do that very subtly i guess yeah i mean one thing you got to think about is um how they've handled 
that sort of thing with other characters. So in season one, there were the two Imperial officer guys that the Grand Inquisitor decapitated, but it was it was only implied. You know what I'm saying? Like he was standing behind them, he ignited his lightsaber, and then it cut to the lady watching, and she was like, "Oh my god!" You know what I'm saying? So right. like, you didn't see it. And then when the Grand Inquisitor died, like he got dropped into a reactor that was blowing up. Right. Um, when the two uh, or three, I can't remember how many Inquisitors. I think they killed three Inquisitors in the finale for season two last year. Like. It cuts away before you see any of the actual death, is what I'm trying to say. So if I had right. to guess, that's going to be how it is. And I am 100% convinced that's it for for Maul. Like, if Maul survives past the duel with Obi-Wan on Tatooine, I'm done. I'm done with Rebels, man. Like, I, <laughs> I, feel, no, thank I feel like they missed an opportunity with the Ahsoka thing. Um and and I've I've softened on that, um, only because like I feel like they're gonna do something going forward, but I just don't know. I don't know how they're gonna pull it off and make it cool with her. We'll see. Really, there's some stuff out in the air about these fucking, you know, these birds that have shown up in the Clone Wars and um, and in Rebels. They're called convories or convores or something like that. They look like space owls. There's some stuff with those maybe being in episode eight sort of out in the ether that, you know, could be cool and tie all that stuff together. So I'm, I'm holding out hope. If Maul survives, though, there's no single reason for Maul to survive the duel with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because A, there's no reason for Maul to still be around. B, there's no way that Obi-Wan I feel would let Maul escape from Tatooine alive. If he's on Tatooine, especially if he knows about Luke, there's absolutely no way that Obi-Wan no. lets him survive. I don't think that Maul leaves Tatooine having not killed Obi-Wan. And we know he didn't kill Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is the Jedi that defeated Grievous and Anakin as far as Sith Lords. You know, like and and Darth Maul and Darth Maul and uh, Dooku. He helped. Well, kind of, not really. Several times. Anyway, well, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi's specialty was Sith lords. Um, next up, we've got an email from uh, our buddy Michael, and this is what he has to say. And this is, I love this shit right here. You know, we were talking about spice last week, and I was like, oh, yeah. I don't really know exactly a lot about Spice. Well, get ready. He's about to b b b b break it down for you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Michael says, greeting halls and will. Just a quick one this week in response to your discussion on Spice in last week's episode. Spice in Star Wars isn't a single substance, but rather a general wor word for broad-range, mind-altering narcotics. The type of spice found on Kessel was glitter stem, which would give the user a brief yet pleasurable telepathic boost in heightened mental state. It was excreted by the giant crystalline spiders which lurk deep beneath the surface. It, 
it, it, it always makes me chuckle when people discover what Spice is and in turn realize Solo was a drug runner. George Lucas can make Greedo shoot first for days in order to improve Han's purity as a character, but there is no des- denying his unsavory career choice and the countless lives his smuggling would ultimately affect. God damn. All right. <laughs> we really got deep on it there. Cheers, Mike. Holy shit. I did not know that the spice mines of Kessel were fucking crystalline spiner caves. Yeah. Fuck all that. No wonder C-3PO was like, fuck that. I do not want to go to the spice mines of Kessel. I do not blame him. Fuck all that. Fuck that. Giant spiders. Crystal spiders. You know me, man. I I fucking hate spiders. All right. All right, next up, we have another voice message from Ollie. And I am going to be completely honest. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to this one yet. Oh, my goodness. And the the subject makes me wonder if this is actually going to make it into the podcast. Voicemail from Stephen Hawking on Kia D song. Stephen Hawking's take on this on Steve's Kia D Mundy song. Oh boy. Ollie does realize I'm in a wheelchair, right? Like I know I'm not robot voice Stephen Hawking, but he's still one of my tribe. Let's see. Can't insult the tribe, Brian. Good day, gentlemen. This is Stephen Hawking. When I am not pondering the wonders of theoretical physics, I am listening to Hoss and will impart mad knowledge on Blue Harvest. I heard Steve's Kiadi Mundi song and wanted to sing it for you. I hope you like it, because here we go. Kiadi, Kiadi, Kiadi Cockhead. The only Jedi Master who can crush box. Kiadi, Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He has a big Syrian stud. Who likes to split chicks with his butt? Kiadi, cockhead. So stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kiadi, cockhead. What's going to do when he comes on you now? He is a Jedi Council stooge who can pump and spooge tomorrow. Oh yeah, I am the man. Keep up the great work, gentlemen. And P.S. I love Rich from Boston's conspiracy theory videos on YouTube. That guy is on point. Go Red Sox. Yankees suck. All right, Ollie. I got to give it to you, buddy. That was pretty funny. That was pretty good. I mean, Mr. Hawking, how, what an honor to fucking... That one of the greatest minds in the scientific world listens to our podcast, <laughs> listens to our goofy little podcast where we talk about fucking Zabrak buttholes. I'm just glad I don't disappoint him. Yeah, man, that would be a fucking bummer, right? If Stephen Hawking right. was like, your podcast sucks, sit on my <laughs> face. Man, have you seen the theory of everything? That Stephen Hawking no. movie? No, no, no. I haven't. Man. Is that where the, the guy from the newest Harry Potter is Stephen Hawking or something? You know what? Okay, I got to cut that guy some slack because I gave that dude a bunch of shit after that horrible Jupiter Ascending movie. Yeah, I did too. And I'm going to be honest, he's still not my favorite actor in the world. Something about him kind of bothers me. He kind of looks like he could unhinge his jaw like a python and swallow your head whole. 
No way. His name's Eddie Redmayne. But after seeing the Stephen Hawking movie and Fantastic Beasts, I was way too hard on that dude. So (laughs) I do need to make that correction. Not that anybody was like, you were up his ass and we need an apology. Just now that I've seen him in a little more respectable fare. Right. He's he's not as bad as I made him out to be. It, It just makes his performance in Jupiter Ascending seem so much more odd that... You know, that is. You would waste someone with that character potential on that, on whatever, whatever he portrayed. Uh, You know what? I think that was more the directors than him, you know, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I'm sure it is. But anyway, that Stephen Hawking movie was so good. Felicity Jones, like, oh, she's so good in it. Like, I see where the Oscar nomination came from after seeing that. You know, she's Jen Erso. So right, she right, is right. Stephen Hawking's wife, oh, girlfriend okay. and wife in it. And she is so damn good in it. Uh, D- Daredevil's in it, the guy that plays Daredevil. Really? Yeah, man. I, I will say... The first time I ever saw that guy was in Stardust. I've never seen that movie. It, it uh, you'll, You'd like it. Okay. I think you'd like it. <laughs> okay. Um, next up, we have our buddy Vinny, the Mando Kenobi. And uh, so he brings up something in his email that I meant to bring up uh, when Sal was on a couple of weeks ago. Howdy, guys. Long time, no right, but I can happily say that I've been enjoying your podcast from deep in the undergrounds of Coruscant. It's been a crazy few months for me, especially with the loss we've had to face before I go on. I have to say rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. She meant a lot to me and many others who suffer from mental illness illness. She taught me at a young age to choke fastest fascists with the chains that they will have you wear. (laughs) Sorry, Dude, it's such a beautiful, it's a beautiful, great fucking sentiment and I am stumbling all over it and I feel terrible. No, that's not you. I just, it is. I, I, the sound of it just made me laugh. Okay. I'm going to start over. Before I go on, I have to say, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. She meant a lot to me and many others who suffer from mental illness. 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 She taught me at a young age to choke fast as fuck. <laughs> oh, let's do a take two and just fuck it up everywhere. The same place as I fucked it up before. She taught me at a young age to choke fascists with the chains that they will have you wear. Carrie was a true symbol of independence and strong will, and will def and we will definitely miss our space princess. Okay, okay. Sorry for getting all sappy for a second, but strap in and pull on your tinfoil hats because I have a doozy for you. I'm con- pretty convinced Ray is not a Skywalker but a Kenobi, and that the evidence is right in front of us. I rewatched the saga, as one does when there's a new Star Wars movie, and I caught something. But before I go on, remember that Star Wars always mirrors itself. Okay, be prepared to get some knowledge dropped on you. Rey and Kylo's final duel in Episode 7 almost directly mirrors Obi-Wan and Anakin's in Episode 3. Snow planet slash lava planet, tight spaces, and they even lock arms at one place. Okay, I know there's not much, but Ray and Obi even share the same musical cues when lightsabers are pulled into their hands via the Force. I'll admit 
that the legal substances in California were involved. But hey, you got to do what you got to do to make it through the prequels. Winky face. What do you think? Convinced? Sorry, I know this is long-winded, but I've been away for a while doing cool stuff like running a Mandalorian clan, being on the Star Wars show, and going to Rogue One's premiere with Sal and the other costuming costuming plastic space peoples. But I definitely missed writing you guys. Best Vinny the Mandalorian. P.S. I have a couple of clan patches for you guys. Just don't know when to get them to you because I won't be at Celebration Florida. Oh, wait a second. I didn't see. He's got motherfucking Mandalorian clan patches for us. Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, Vinny, buddy, uh, email me and let me know if just uh, our address Thank you, Vinny the Mandalorian. Is, is acceptable. I will totally give you our address. Um, dude, that is so fucking awesome. I, man, I wish there was a, a Mandalorian cosplaying group around here. There's definitely a, a Birmingham 501st. I know is a guy. Really? Yeah, I know a guy. Um, that guy Michael that I met at on Force Friday at Target, um, yeah. who was also he was at the premiere of Rogue One as well. Um, was he dressed up in kit? No, no, he wasn't for the the premiere. Um, they did like the like they did something at the Galleria shortly there before and stuff. He um, he's in the five hundred first. Okay, but anyway. Um, what his theory, his theory, his fucking theory about Ray being a Kenobi. It could be. It could definitely be. It could be. Could be. Could be. It could be that maybe that's going to be like, I don't, I mean, and I don't, he's not saying this. She definitely can't be his daughter because of the age, you know? Yeah. Granddaughter or some other relation. I could see. And man, I'm not against that. I'm definitely not against the Ray as a Kenobi thing. You know, there's definitely sillier ones. I think the the four most prevalent theories are Skywalker, Solo, Kenobi, or not related to anybody at all. You know, those are the four most likely prevalent theories. Anything else that's like, oh, she's Ezra Bridger and Sabine's daughter. I don't think so, guys. I don't think so. Plus, I you... think her her untaintable nature makes her feel more like a Kenobi, right? And I get that, and the British accent I get I think is making a lot of people feel like that. But I don't think those are necessarily going to be Kenobi specific traits, right? Of a hero, maybe a, a new Skywalker. Yeah, I just think it feels so obvious. Yeah. It's so obvious. Like and I guess that's how I should know it that that it's not going to be Luke like if if you want the twist and you know beginning of the second movie like that's what it is. Or I guess you could carry it to the end of, you know. I don't know. I don't know how you do that, but Could you imagine not finding out in the next movie? Oh. I don't know that like we if, will, man. I'm going to be if honest. You don't find out Ray's lineage in the next movie. You know, I mean, I, there's that's off, honestly a definite, you know, possibility because, you know, at, at this point, anything could happen. When you when you start off a, a, a Star Wars sequel trilogy where we get 20 seconds of Luke Skywalker at the very end, Han Solo dies and the main three are never seen together again. And, right. and barely any R2-D2. And I'm not saying any of this against The Force Awakens. You know how much I love that movie. I'm just yeah. saying when that is the first movie in the trilogy, 
like you gotta wonder like how they're gonna would they would it, will it even be answered in this i think it's got to be answered in this trilogy um i'm a firm believer that we will have a sequel trilogy to this i think there will be an episode i think there 10, has 11, to be 12. they're all too young not to do you know that and like i just don't know that like kathleen kennedy said you know could we do nothing but spinoff movie sure but we haven't decided if that's what we're gonna do i don't know that they can do nothing but spinoff movies i wouldn't recommend it i wouldn't either but that's just me well uh i was wondering how long it would take to hear from him considering we have such a beautiful song about him right but uh it's finally happened kia d mundi has uh has called in and left us a message man those galactic time phones really do the trick we can get I calls mean, yeah. from a fucking galaxy far far away yeah, I was about to say, it's easy to make a call from a galaxy far, far away. Like, give me that phone deal. Yes, and greetings once again to Haas Burkhart and Will Wheaton of the Blue Harvest podcast. And of course, all of the, uh, I'm sure, uh, quite valiant uh Listeners of the Blue Harvest podcast, this is once again Ki-Adi Mundi. It has been a couple weeks since I've been able to leave you all a voicemail. I apologize. I know it is a dark time when you go so long without hearing my voice, but bygones. I am calling for a couple reasons. First of all, uh, Two weeks ago, on one of your episodes of the Blue Harvest podcast, I was made aware that there was a song uh, made in my honor. My honor being, of course, Key Adi Mundi. So I want to call and say thank you to, I believe his name was Steve. So Steve, thank you. It was quite a catchy tune. You have a very rare gift of musical abilities. Now, with that being said, I am much more accustomed to uh, women, uh, quite attractive women, of course, um, being moved <laughs> to the point of song uh, by the great Kia D. Mundy. But nevertheless, any song that uh, celebrates myself, myself being Kia D. Mundy, is appreciated. <laughs> Now, moving on to a second point of business, I saw there was a picture posted on Twitter. I do not believe this person was the one who generated the picture, but his Twitter handle. Oh, Kia D, you went so long that it, it faded out. Give me a second, buddy. Kia D. P-O-V. Now, he seems like a quite a fine chap himself. Uh, but the picture in question showed me clearly being photoshopped at a what you all refer to on Earth as a strip club. I would just like to set the record straight and say that I myself have never had any reason to pay women to have their take their clothes off for me. They typically just throw their belongings right at me. So on the off chance that I was, uh, I may have been uh, seen at a strip club, it was more than likely because I was there supporting some of my fellow Jedi who have not as much luck talking with women. 
Although, in <laughs> fairness, I don't really need myself to talk to women. They just approach me. But, for example, oh, I don't know, let's just say, potentially, uh, Master Kit Fisto may have been down in the dumps a bit after striking out with, uh, shall I say, quite several women uh, who he had tried to Ooh. make advances upon. Shot fired. So Shots fired. I took Ooh, it, shot fired. Maybe, you know, just out of hand to uh, help him uh, feel better about himself and give him a little boost of confidence before a great battle was waged. I'm not sure which one because, uh, let's face it, I've won so many wars at this point that uh, it's hard to keep track of them all. <laughs> and that said, uh, despite his outlandish claims uh, on last week's voicemail about how we should be talking about him instead of myself, uh, myself being Key D Mundy, of course, he actually earned the nickname uh, flaccid Fisto around the Jedi Temple. Oh. <laughs> you should have heard the oh. laughter in the halls when I came up with that name. <laughs> oh, I don't feel good about that. Haas, edit that part out. <laughs> now, with all of that being said, on a serious note, to close the voicemail, I do want to extend my heartfelt sympathies and apologies to the fans of Star Wars on the loss of the great Carrie Fisher. I am aware uh, that you all, on several of your Star Wars podcasts, paid just uh, appropriately glowing tributes to uh, Carrie, and there's nothing more than I could add to that. Uh, she will be missed. My favorite Carrie Fisher non-Star Wars appearance was her as the nun in... Jay and Silent Bob strike back. So I remember that. Carrie, we miss you. May the force be with you. <laughs> There's a lot to to unpack on uh, on that Kia D Mundy voicemail. I do love uh, Carrie Fisher and Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Um, that was good. So I remember her in um, I don't know the verbs. Yes, as the her as the wife, Hanks. I love that yeah. one, and and obviously the one that's being brought up a lot is her in Blues Brothers as the crazy ex-wife. Um, yeah, man, <laughs> my favorite mental image out of that voicemail is 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 ladies just seeing Kia D and immediately taking all their clothes off and throwing them at him, yeah. which apparently Kia D is taking as a sign of affection, but I think it's self-defense. Like, they're so freaked out by his giant cockhead that they're, like, ripping their clothes. They're throwing anything at him to slow him down. Keep, keep him away. Like, I'm not I lying. I I could throw my pants at him. Maybe I've seen a giant spider in the house, and I've taken my pants off and thrown them at it before. No, you have not. In, in, in furious fucking fear. like I throw my pants at you, sir. Like, whipping my pants at, at a fucking spider to try and kill it like i whew. pants have a good long range on them you know what i'm saying you can grab one leg and whip I, the I other leg you're saying they're kind of like a towel yeah you know, like a really long towel and then i'm like well those pants got to be burned because what if that spider a what's carrying eggs yes dude what if they got all over you you know in your lifetime you swallow a certain number of spiders yeah 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 oh yeah i see buzzfeed articles on fucking facebook too well yeah sure <laughs> by the way what if they got all over you? You know, like I, I am one of those people that has a very clear origin point of why I'm so afraid of spiders. 
you know this story. Like when I do. I'm on summer I do. camp, when I killed this, like a spider fell on my chest in my tent in summer camp, and I smashed it with my hand, and it exploded into baby spiders. I remember the story. Like a fucked up horror pinata. So yes, yes, that is exactly what I'm afraid of, Will. <laughs> my mom has these huge spiders that like build a web. She lives down in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, in her backyard, they're like, I'm talking like Haas, spiders the size of bear claws. You know what I'm saying? Like they could be sitting on top of a bear claw. Like big as your hand, big as your fist. Just build these giant, I mean, they're beautiful. They're big. I'll send you a picture sometime. No. If I don't want you to sleep for a No, week. thank you. Like, I love your mom. She's such a nice lady, but <laughs> that's not that's not normal. Like That's guy not, takes pictures of them? No. Like real artistic, like up close. I, I can't fuck with spiders. I'm talking, they're huge, bro. Ugh, that is so fucking scary to me. Like, That's why the stuff that your hell is made of. That's like inviting a demon to sit outside your, your window every day. Like, hello, like, demon. Everybody's got to buddy. Like, if you were like, oh, fuck, yeah. Look, I'm not saying these spiders have to not survive or not live. If I had my, if if I had like if if I met Robin Williams from Aladdin, like a genie, like my three wishes would be so easy, and one of them would be, I wish I never saw another spider in person in my life. A genie would take your eyes for that. Ugh. Like genies are. I are... see what you're saying. I wish and these are mean and evil like that. But I'm specifically talking about Robin you know Williams you from say, Atlanta. You did say uh, the Robin Williams Aladdin genie. I'm sorry. I did say that, and he would not be like, "Well, I'm taking your eyes." <laughs> he would not do that. No. <sighs> William, William, William. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, did I tell you? I did a little research today. Just. Just on a whim, you know, Jesse and I are going to be in uh, Orlando for celebration this year, and we're going down a few days early, you know, to just hang out and hit some of the parks and hang, you know, going on a decent vacation, right? Right. So I decided to look on uh, Google, do a Google search for Tiger Experience My goodness. Orlando. I know where this is going. Thinking maybe that there's a place in Orlando where I can pet a tiger. And what did you find? I did not find one of. The, I did not find a place where I could pet a tiger. I did find <laughs> a place called Exotic Animal Experience in Orlando. Uh oh. It is very expensive, so I don't think we'll be able to do it. But maybe. But at this place, you can hold lemurs. Which sign me up. You know what a lemur looks like, right? Yeah. They're kind of like the monkey bears almost that look like I don't know. They yeah, look yeah. they look like a fucking puppet to me. They look unworldly. Right. God, I would I would hold one of those all day. You can hold a sloth. A fucking sloth, a three-toed sloth. Yes. Dude, in Kuwait, if I'm not mistaken, you can have like you can have any kind of animal. And there are these rich dudes over there that have their own menageries like Well, let me just uh go ahead and look at some real estate in Kuwait. <laughs> like they just have tigers and lions. You know, they have them in their backyards and stuff. Yeah, I'm not down with that. 
I don't think any one person if is. If you got one as a baby, you know that you would raise that tiger till you had to give it away. Or till you became dinner. No, you know what? You know how badly I want to hold a tiger and pet a tiger. I wouldn't do that, man. Like, I, I like them too much to put them through. Like, like if, if, I was a, if I was a millionaire, and I mean like a crazy millionaire, maybe even a billionaire. If I had George like Lucas. Habitat. If I was a George Lucas millionaire, I would, like, set up a tiger preserve or something. You know what I mean? Like right. a place that was fully equipped and able to take care of them. I would never actually think about having like a pet tiger or a lion. That's just a, you're, you're right. Like I'm not looking to become a friend with a tiger and hang out with it every day. I just want one special magical moment with a tiger where I get to <laughs> pet him, scratch him behind his ears, maybe rub his belly. You know what I'm saying? There's someone on scene to tranquilize him if he gets out of hand. <laughs> no, no. Cause tigers are just like other cats. Like, like I, this is going to be the second. I don't know if this was on Blue Harvest or Rogue you're One like, this week, where I was talking about like, Will, Simeon. Don't, don't ruin this for me. It's you like, always do saying, this. Like, Will, don't ruin this. For every me. time I talk you're about this, ruining my big cat dream. Just shut the fuck up. Every let time, let me have my big cat dream. Is what Haas is saying right like, now. Like tigers have different temperaments, just like house cats. Like Simeon, Steve's cat, Simeon. Like. He loves me. Steve doesn't want to admit it because I think he's a little freaked out about how much his cat likes me. But Simeon loves me. But I also respect Simeon. I know Simeon can be a little crazy. Like (laughs) Simeon gets this look in his eye and you're like, oh, I'm about to get cut. I'm about to get shanked by this giant blue fucking cat, right? Walter is super sweet. Both awesome cats, but I need to find the Walter of Tigers. And that's the one I pet and hang out with. And like I said, I'm not looking to hang out with him multiple times. I'm just looking for that one magical moment where I get to pet a tiger. And then I'm, I'm like, see you later, buddy. See you. Here's a treat. I don't know. A raw steak. I don't know. You know? <laughs> Eat. But yeah. Yeah, that'd be a great experience with a tiger. I mean, I see exactly what you're saying. I want it to happen so bad. I bring it up on the podcast so much because I'm hoping just one day a listener is like, dude. So if I did something super illegal in the United States and had to run away to a tropical destination, be like a bushman surviving in the wild, I'd have a tiger. But that's probably only only situation. See, look, you're talking about having a fucking tiger like guard, like a, a fucking patronus tiger i don't know like a like a what a familiar a tiger familiar i just tiger familiar. i just want to pet a tiger once and i'll be good like i i the literally seems really big and their teeth seem really sharp they do they do <laughs> but once again like you get the one with the right temperament that's see it's going to be tough because i got to find one that's not freaked out about the wheelchair because yeah. i always forget like when I'm around my animals, they don't give a shit that I'm in a wheelchair. Like, they know the deal. It's not a big deal to them. But when I go to other people's houses and there's an animal that's not used to it, always freaks them out, at least for a little bit. Because they're right. like, what the fuck is up with this guy? Yeah. So I got to find the tiger that A, isn't immediately freaked out by the wheelchair. And B, is down for some fucking head pets, scratches, and belly rubs. 
I'm sure that tiger exists. It does. I'm not going to shoot you down. I'm sure that tiger exists. I'm not saying I want to be out in the fucking wilds of India or Siberia and come Watching across a tiger, a tiger and be like, oh shit, I'm going to pet that tiger. Now, if I was in my backyard and there was a black bear in the backyard, I would pet it. Dude, your arm would be eaten. Mm. I mean, he would just break that off and have that for a snack. No. Because I would give him a other... black bear? I would distract him with other food. I'd be like, you could either eat you me... You have some Cheetos? <laughs> you could either eat me or some lunch meat. <laughs> black forest ham. He'd be like, wow, your fingers still smell a lot like lunch meat. Let me chew on those for a second. Mm. Once again, the right bear... Like, I would never pet a mama bear or a bear cub whose mom Not was a Russian near. boxing bear. A Russian... You dick, this isn't Tekken. <laughs> Let's move not it on. A, not a bear on a little unicycle. <sighs> With a fucking fez. All right, <laughs> moving on. Dream Crusher is more like it. Like I was always calling you Ash Crusher, giving you the props you deserve, but really, I think it's Dream Crusher. I'm sorry, Haas. Oh, it's just too easy. King Tom. King of all Toms. Halls and Will. First off, I have to say that as great as the Hall Solo and Steel and Sal shows were, it is great having Will back. It feels like all is right in my universe. At least in terms well, of you. Blue Harvest. Har- Har- I need a cigarette. <laughs> I need a cigarette so bad. No, you don't. No, you don't. All right. Uh, Onto my email. A few weeks ago, I wrote in about a Rogue One promo that I was disappointed with because it appeared to have Mon Mothma suggest the Rebellion surrender. Well, I was wrong. It wasn't Mon Mothma, but the female senator. I have issues with the senators, as may be revealed on a future episode of Rogue One, if they ever get to my email. But in this scene, there was a Rebellion debate what to do has struck where the Rebellion debates what to do has struck with me. There's something I never realized in my five viewings of Rogue One, or in all my years being a Star Wars fan, but that the novelization is brought to light. By not moving on Scarif, the rebellion is over. According to the book, those senators are serious about giving up, and as much as Mon Mothma wants to move on, she can't do it without them. Inaction is surrender. I love this subtle new element. But is it possible that this is a drawback to standalone movies because we know in the big picture where things are going that we miss things like this we know the rebellion blows up the death star but the the, the but the i was doing so good for a couple sentences there but does You're the knowledge but does the knowledge make us gloss over the fact that the rebellion was fractured and near its end or am i just a dumbass and miss this thanks for reading your pal king tom i didn't notice that super early on but it did it is true it does it does seem, after a few viewings, that yeah, the rebellion's like fucking. It's too hard, and man, I agree with him. Some of the senators in that scene, like the guy that's like, "How can we trust her? She's just a criminal." I right. want to slap that cape off his body. <laughs> like that's not the rebellion I want to be a part of. I, the rebellion I'm part of is like, yeah, fuck that Death Star thing. Let's go. Let's get some plans. I am definitely the re- rebel that would. I don't know if I would be badass enough to be on that first cargo ship that Cassian and and all them took to Scarif. No. But I would definitely be in the second wave with Radis and them. I'd be like, fuck yeah, get my X-Wing. Well, they'd be like, no, you get a Z-75 man headhunter. 
<laughs> and be like, fuck you guys. The wings don't even split. God damn it. I want the wings to split. I'm taking my space tiger and I'm joining Radis's crew. <laughs> oh. I want to pet a tiger so bad. I want to pet a tiger. I, I know a lot of people think I'm being funny about that, but I do. Like it's it's not fun. It's not it's not for last guys. I really do want to pet a tiger. I know you do. I don't know why. I think it's just cuz I like animals so much and I like cats so much that I'm like it's a big Walter. What's better than a giant Walter? Nothing. But yeah, this, there's some of those senators in that scene that really fucking get under my gourd or something. I Some fucking funny, weird statement. Get under my, my gourd. They really twist my nips or my nuts, whatever. All right, so we have one last Star Wars-related email and then a special email from our buddy Vader Nick, but we're going to handle that sort of in a special way because it's related to Lost... It's related to the season finale of Lost. And I know a couple of listeners have reached out and said that they started watching Lost because of the podcast and my recommendation, which I think is great. And I don't want to spoil the end for you guys, so we're going to save that email to last. Just in case. Plus that guy that jumped my ass about the Game of Thrones spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sh he shook me, man. I'm like, fuck, I, I got to be better. <laughs> he hit me up on he hit me up on Twitter after I brought it up last time. He was like, "Yeah, I still listen." So, thanks, buddy. Thanks for still listening after I ruined such a big Game of Thrones. Man, regrets. I have a few. <laughs> All right. Next up is uh, is our buddy uh, Kylo Reb, who is uh, an old Miss fan, by the way. Uh oh. We are diametrically opposed. Two Mississippi State fans and a and an Ole Miss fan, but you know what? We're not going to be like those fucking senators on on in Rogue One. We're going to get along with our yes, fellow fellow Star Wars fan. We won't let the the fucking rebel blood that runs in his Ole Miss rebels, not Star Wars rebels. <laughs> just, just just clarifying. Just clarifying. Halsey Halls, and of course, will. Well, did oh so this is about this is about last this week's Rogue One. So here we go. Well done defending the South on Rogue One the other night. It's so funny and annoying to hear all the weird assumptions our buddies in the North have about us backward Southern people. Personally, I'm really glad to have a really insightful Star Wars podcast that features a couple of fellas from my neck of the woods. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, to be fair to that guy, I, so it all started so because some guy was giving me a little bit of friendly shit about not seeing The Godfather on Twitter. Right, right. And he was like, I know Halls gets a pass on most things because he's Southern, but but he shouldn't get a pass on not seeing The Godfather. And I How was can like, I get a pass on seeing The Godfather. Uh, and I was like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? I get a pass. Get a pass because I'm Southern, you know? Yeah. So that's what he's talking about. I also have to say that Halls just keeps on speaking my language. I knew you were awesome because of your impressive Star Wars knowledge, but your epic beatdown of The Dark Knight Rises on this week's Rogue One was perfection. There are very few movies that can send me into a true nerd rage, but when people try to defend that movie and hold, him up, hold it up as some awesome Batman story, I just come unglued. Keep preaching the truth. 
Lastly, a thought about Rogue One. I really wish they had given up, given us at least a sense of what was happening with the crew of Rebels during the battle above Scarif. Yeah, it wouldn't maybe. have to be a huge deal. Maybe just a bit of audible chatter over the comms. Maybe we see that the ship is being shocked by a stray ion blast. Can you imagine how awesome it would be to hear Vanessa Marshall come over the comms and declare that she has had a crippled ghost? That would have been fantastic. Thanks for making our Friday so awesome, fellas. Keep it up. I'm telling you right now, I, oh. if that happened, e- even in Rebels, if it happened in Rogue One or Rebels and the, 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 the cruise ship got disabled and they referred to it as a crippled ghost, you would hear me. That's all you would hear this whole podcast is me playing that over and over and over again. Crippled ghost, crippled ghost. The ghost has been crippled. Whatever, however they did it. Oh. Please, someone, make that happen. I don't know anybody. I don't have these connections. Dave Filoni, I'll, I'll, just, I'll know, man. I'll, I'll buy you tickets to pet a tiger. Dave Filoni probably has pet a tiger money. See, that's what I figure is holding me. I gotta stop. You I gotta, gotta stop. I'm going this on is this dangerous t- line of thinking. I'm going on this tiger route too much today. Like I, I know it's been too much. But what I'm saying is I feel like that's one of the things holding me back is like petting a tiger seems like the luxury that people with a lot of money can like if a really rich guy woke up one day and was like, I want to pet a tiger. He can make that happen. You know, throw some money at the problem and make it happen. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a really good crippled ghost. I did not see that. That was coming. a good crippled ghost. I didn't see that coming. All right, guys. So like I said, we've got one more email from our buddy Vader Nick, and it is Lost-related, and it is spoiler-related. I plan on dropping some serious Lost science during this, so if you're interested in that, keep listening. If you do not want the Lost spoilers, turn back now. Uh, We'd like to thank you guys for listening. Please support Stoned Cobra, who are so nice to offer their music to us to use as a theme song, you can get them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.com. Uh, also, check out our buddy Ben Layton, who provided the new logo for the podcast, which is amazing. Vinny, the Mandalorian, you should check it out because it is very Mandalorian-inspired. And you know what? I've been looking into some things, and there might be some exclusive... Blue Harvest swag, maybe some patches what? of our new logo. What? And those are going to be available, hopefully, by Celebration. And uh, if you see me at Celebration, uh, you might be able to get your hands on one of these. It's all in the works right now. Anyway, um, check him out on Twitter. He is, I believe, he, he recently changed his damn Twitter handle. Why you got to do this to me, Ben? believe he is short x lived that's his twitter handle check him out tell him you like the new logo because it's badass because it is and uh we'll have some stuff with that available soon some shirts and stuff just got to get that all straightened out as well but uh 
Once again, thanks for listening, guys. And on to the last email of the night in a section that I like to call Halls Gets Lost. Oh, no. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. I don't know that it'll be a... uh, If I hesitated like it wasn't good, I didn't mean it. It's good. No, you hesitated because you were like, that's fucking corny. No, no, no. This corny tiger petting motherfucker. (laughs) I was like, that's... So good. <laughs> you, you insincere bitch. <laughs> uh, just that's did. so good. That's that's like Jesse's reaction when I'm like, hey, listen <laughs> to this section of the podcast. I think it's really funny. And she's like, mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> you're so talented, baby. <laughs> oh, you're so good at the podcasting. Uh, she knows she knows what you like. Yeah, and I'm like, that's right, I am a good podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, talk dirty. Oh, come on, it's not. They... Dirty. I'm not, I'm not like, stroking. <sighs> uh, I am good at that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, man, that's the one thing I'm really looking forward to uh, being done with the whole not smoking thing is sort of the scatterbrainness because like I'm trying to focus, trying to put out a good product for you guys, but my brain literally, it's like my brain is full of a wasp nests instead of going buzz, 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 buzz. The wasps are going smoke, 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 go smoke, 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 go smoke, smoke, smoke. But anyway, it's a hard habit to break. Uh, Chicago. Here we go. A little halls gets lost for you, and I got a little, uh, little sound to play. Goodbye, Jack. We have to go back, Kate. Now, buddy, I know you can't hear it right now because of the way I'm playing it, but uh, if if I told you, hey, I'm playing a sound clip from Lost, what do you think I'm playing <laughs> right now? Mm. Come on. It's so easy. We have to go back. Oh, we have to go back. We have to go back. Uh, Goddamn, I love Jack with that fucking beard. All right, so, like I was saying, our buddy Evader Nick um, finally finished up Lost. He did it really quick. He started and got through it pretty quick, I gotta say. And um, he had some questions after the finale. And this is something I gotta say whenever I get someone to watch Lost. Well, let me just tell you there. No, we could keep going. I got, never mind. No, go ahead. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Um, when someone watches Lost, I always know that the moment's going to come when the finale comes when they've got some questions. Right. So I actually look forward to it. Now, that being said, I am a little rusty on my my Lost knowledge. It's been about a year since I did a watch through. 
So I may miss some pertinent points. Hopefully I don't. Um, but this is what our good buddy Nick had to say in his email. And I'm going to address it line by line. So I don't necessarily um, miss anything important. All right. Well, well I'll, I'll tell you what I was going to say a second ago was, yes. how about you just um, thank your lucky stars that you got to watch all of it together, Nick, because when you had to live the real world and wait like a whole week for all these episodes to present so many questions unanswered, like it was infuriating. But, uh, you I know, mean, it's probably much easier to watch when you have all of it to binge. You know what I mean? All the information. Yeah. Because well, when yeah. you have to wait a week for the next set of answers and questions, it's infuriating. Yes. Um, hold on one second, buddy. I need to take a quick break. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. I uh, had a phone call I had to answer. All right. That's fine. Are we? Is this about to wrap it up for us? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is what Vader Nick has to say. Blue Harvest, baby. Woo! Good evening, Halls and Will. Hope you guys have a good week. Halls, I know it doesn't mean much coming from some guy in Kansas, but dude, I'm super proud of you for quitting cigarettes. Take it from someone that grew up in a house with two parents that smoked at least a pack a day and would give either for any either of them would give anything for either of them to have the courage to do what you're doing. Keep it up, buddy. It's for the best. I appreciate that, buddy. It yeah, is man. not something I feel like I deserve congratulations on because I feel like it's something I should have never started. You know what I mean? But I do appreciate it. Here, really here. Do. Nick's got some good advice. I've also got to give some props for last week's Rogue One pod. You and Johnny were on some Halls and Will type level excellent stuff, my friend. I commend you for all your hard work to this fandom. Thanks, buddy. Okay. It's an honor to be named that way. You know, to be thought of that Rogue One would be on a me and you level. That's right. Okay, my pod quest that podcast question this week and i got permission ahead of time is centered around the show lost and oh my god man what an excellent fucking show man i had never batted an eyelash at it had you not gave it such high praise i did my due diligence to avoid any and all spoilers throughout my watch through and i'm sure you all know well with all my text throughout but after finishing it let it left me with a few questions was the alternate timeline in season six the Kelvin timeline? LOL. You know the Kelvin timeline is what they call the alternate timeline in the Star Trek movies. <coughs> like the new I didn't one. Know that. The new three are set in the Kelvin timeline because that's how those movies open up with the Kelvin getting destroyed. <clears throat> and that's where right. the big time difference is, like the timeline shift is. Right. Um I want to I want to explain this to the best of my knowledge what that weird alternate universe is in season 6 because I get this question a lot. And through my lost research which includes lots of reading, watching the show multiple times, reading the Lost Encyclopedia, basically reading and and consuming anything Lost available. This is how I uh, this is how I interpret what's going on in the what the fandom typically calls the flash sideways universe. You know what I'm talking about, Will. I do. In season five of Lost, Daniel Faraday says that he believes, like, you know, he, he's constantly talking about how time is like a string. You can go forward. You can go backwards. You can't create another string. What happened happened. Okay. 
He right. changes his mind and thinks that by using the Jughead bomb to destroy the pocket of energy where the Swan Station is built, that'll prevent the entire events of Lost from happening because their plane will never crash because they never have to build the hatch to contain that energy that's let loose when they drill too deep into the, the core of the island. You see what I'm saying? This is all just rehashing what's laid out plainly in the show. He says, at that point, he says he thinks it's possible to make another string in the timeline. He is both right and wrong with both of those. You can move forward and back as we see, but you can also create another string. It's not super easy in the Lost Universe. It only happens because of their actions at the end of Season 5. They set off that bomb, and the setting off of that bomb, in fact, creates another string. The thing is, is it's not supposed to be there. It's unnatural. By doing that, what they end up doing is creating another timeline, and through forces that I don't quite understand. See, Lost in some way is a lot like Star Wars. Where some mysticism. You, you can explain a lot in <clears throat> Star Wars by just saying, oh, it's the Force. You know, and right. you don't have to go any deeper. There's some power on that island, which I personally believe to be just the power of life. Um, Jacob and the man in black's mom says, you know, it's the source of everything. Everybody wants some more, wants more of it. I can't remember the exact quote. She's talking about the light at the heart of the island. That energy or light or whatever combined with them changing the timeline in the past does two things. It propels everybody that was stuck in the 70s back to where they're supposed to be in the real timeline. And it creates a quote-unquote sort of pocket universe where all these people from the island who have done extraordinary things, like they straight up say when that light is, is turned off, if it's not turned back on, it's the end of the world. Now, there could be several reasons why. Some people think it's because the smoke monster can get off the island and he's going to wreak havoc across the world. I think it's just general apocalyptic end of the world type stuff. You know? Yeah, like a cork. There's one cork in the world scenario. Right. So that alternate timeline provides a place for them all to meet up again. And since they sacrificed so much of themselves in the protecting and stuff of the island very unwillingly that's the thing like the island the force of whatever the island is is not like the benevolent light side of the force it is a protect Consuming the island leviathan yeah it's like a protecting protect the island at all costs no matter the human lives that are expended because it's so important because it is so important it allows them all to meet up. Now, the thing is, is that timeline cannot exist. It is not supposed to exist, and it can't exist. So at that point, they have to close that timeline. What you're seeing at the very end of Lost, when Christian Shepherd opens the church doors and it fills with the light, is that timeline closing down, and everything basically going back to the way it is, where there's only one timeline. I know it's super complicated. I know I'm not doing the best way of describing it. I wish I was I wish I was better at, at explaining this stuff. 
the way I always looked at it was the people that were involved with the island and its energy, its power, its magic, uh, created a place for them all to gather and say goodbye. Right. You know, one that, last time. That is definitely, definitely they, part they of it. They created a space and in it, they were all extremely happy for a moment. Like, Well, it allowed them all to <coughs> address all their... The, well, and it also allowed them all to address all the sh- their hangups and shit that they had through all of Lost. Like, if you see right. that alternate timeline, Jack is is okay with his dad. You know, more okay. He's got a yeah. son. Like, he's happy. He's not all boozed out on pills. Like, it allows them to address all the stuff that they weren't allowed to dr- address in their own life because they got mixed up in this crazy adventure on the island and right. got pulled into all this. And the power of those experiences combined just created that space for them to commune and say goodbye before they moved on. Exactly. Now, the next one, I am going to get heavily theoretical on this. This is a personal pet theory of mine. And, um, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody's going to make up a lost, your lost theory sucks sticker on this. But here's a second question. Who was Jack's kid in that timeline? He's talking about David Shepard. That's the character's name. Locke tells him he doesn't have a kid, but he never hints on it again. Okay. In that timeline, that kid is Jack and Juliet's kid. They have a kid together in that timeline. Right. And then they divorce at some point. Right. If you look at that kid, though, does he look like the product of Jack and Juliet? No. No. Who does he look like the product of? Jack Jack and Kate. And Kate. I am telling you, in season five, actually it was season four. In season four, the night before they go back to the island, Jack and Kate sleep together. Kate decides, like, she's like, I am not going to go back to the island. She takes Aaron and gives Aaron to Claire's mom and is like, I'm going to go get his mother. She goes and sees Jack. They have a little, you know, a little fucking sexy time together, and that's it. They go back to the island. I am telling you, in the real timeline, Kate got pregnant then. She was carrying Jack's kid. All right? Hear me out. Later, towards the end of season six, they're all sitting around the campfire with Jacob. Jacob is explaining to them how they are all candidates, or were candidates at one time, to be the new protector of the island we all know that jack takes the job briefly then it's passed on to hurley okay kate finds when they're in the cave that has all the candidates names on it like all the characters from the show and some have been crossed out and some have not been you see like what What characters are associated with the numbers from Lost? Like, Jack is 23. For anybody that knows, if you ever see one of my screen names and it has the number 23 in it, it's because of Jack Shepard from Lost. Kate's number is is crossed out. She asks Jacob, why was I crossed out? And he says, because you became a mother. Most people assume and this is probably correct that what he's talking about is that she became the mother to Aaron after they left the island right I think it's different I think Jacob knew all these people that left the island would be coming back and that Claire would have the opportunity to be 
reunited with his mom, with with uh, Aaron off island. I sincerely believe that. So I believe Jacob knew that she was pregnant with Jack's kid, and that is why he said, because you've became a mother. So what I am saying is that at some point after everybody left the island, Kate finds out, oh, I'm pregnant. It's Jack's baby. I'm going to have Jack's baby. Okay? Jack never got to experience a life with um, his kid because he died on the island. And by the way, I'm a firm believer that Jack is now in the smoke monster role on the island because he oh, went wow. through the same process that the man in black did. I don't think he's evil like the man in black. I think he is more like he's a benevolent protector of the island. This is all just fucking things. I've, I've thought about loss too much. So I think another purpose of that park pocket universe is for Jack to be able to be a father to the kid. He never got to know because he died before the kid was born. I'm going to have to clean my brains up off the back wall here. Go look at the pictures of Jack's kid. He looks like the product of Jack and Kate. I think that was intentional. And I think that it was something that they were like, do we explain this outright? No, let's let people figure it out on their own. I am by far not the only person that's ever said this. I've seen other people say similar things. So it's not like this is my original theory and I'm, you know, putting my name on it or anything. But that is a personal loss theory that I believe. I believe that David Shepard is Jack and Kate's kid. Now, because of the way the alternate timeline worked, Jack and Kate weren't together. He and Juliet were together. You know, Juliet never had a kid either. So I think, you know, it was just one of those weird differences in the timeline. Right. Personal theory. Who knows? All right. My main question is, in your guys' opinion, do you think JJ had the whole season, six seasons planned out ahead? Or did he pull a George Lucas and make it up as he went? Sorry for the Lost-centric email. I tried to bring it back to Star Wars, but I don't have a Lost podcast to write into. Appreciate all you guys do. I miss you guys. We need a gaming night. Your pal Vader, Nick. I agree on the gaming night. Right. So they've been. I think pretty... J.J. Abrams started weaving the quilt, and it was finished very neatly. I th- and I think he had a hand in it, but yeah. I don't think he had the whole quilt woven before he started. No. See, this is the thing. As much as I love J.J. Abrams and I love Lost and I love J.J. Abrams for Lost. Most of Lost is actually on the shoulders of Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. They had much That's more what I figured. influence on Lost than J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams helped it get off the ground, but around the time of like season three is when he started doing like Cloverfield and Mission Impossible 3, and he was a little too busy to be as hands-on with the show. And after yeah. that point, uh, so this is the thing. they When they pitched the show to... Um, Matthew Fox that played Jack Shepard they told him how his character arc ended and this is something we knew for years as Lost fans Jack knows how the show ends well it comes out that the show opens with Jack's eye opening and the last shot of the show is Jack's eye closing that's all he knew he didn't know alternate timeline you die protector of the island Jacob man in black he didn't know any of that stuff because none of that stuff existed there were things 
that they set up in season one, knowing that they wouldn't la- wrap up until later, the monster and things like that. But it was definitely more right as it, as it comes up. Now, in season three, the ratings to Lost started to dip a good bit. It was a huge success in season one and two. Started to dip in three. People were like, it's too weird. They never answer any questions. I'm out. But there was still a very hardcore vocal yeah. fan base. So they knew that they didn't want to just cancel the show, but they also wanted to end the show. So they came up with the agreement, we're going to do this many episodes and three more seasons. At that point is really when, and when you watch the show on on second and third and fourth and fifth viewings like me, it becomes real apparent that after season three, really season four and five are a huge setup for the end game. Like, they really start advancing the story of the end game of Lost and getting to the finale, starting with the end of season three going into four and five. So, at that point, I think, is when the ending started becoming more clear. But I don't think they had it completely nailed down until they sat down and wrote season six. So, I think it was a little bit of both. A little bit make it up as you go along, a little bit of pre-planning. It definitely isn't like, sort of like how they kind of tried to portray it where, oh, we have this all planned out. I think they had general ideas floating around of what they wanted to do and where they wanted to go, but not a full concrete roadmap, you know? Yeah. And there's there's little bits of evidence here and there to, to support that theory. The character of Mr. Echo was supposed to go on until at least like season four, I believe, but he didn't want to do the show anymore, so they had to kill him off. And they killed him off kind of abruptly. Uh, the lady that played Libby and the lady that played Anna Lucia got in trouble and got DUIs while in Hawaii filming Lost and got in a lot of trouble. Like, they were driving crazy around Hawaii, all drunk and shit. They yeah. got written off the show. Like, I, And I'm not saying, like, you know, the stuff that happened with Libby and Anna Lucia wouldn't have happened, but I think, it, you know, those sort of things affected the show. So... Um, that's it that's some loss for that ass that's some loss for that ass I felt really nice being able to tell Nick he was like man the finale was really good and I was like well what if I told you there's like (laughs) a 11 minute prologue that was only available on the season 6 box set and that there was 11 minutes more of loss that would help you or that you could watch that would maybe answer some stuff all right and he was like what the fuck so i helped him out pointed him in the right direction now to end this uh halls gets lost section i want to give you guys my quick hollywood pitch for a lost sequel series okay okay for the lost sequel series you open up several years after the finale of lost okay on the island you have hurley ben and walt and Jack as the new smoke monster. Okay? They are the protectors of the island. There are still others on the island, but the rules have changed, like they say at the end of season six. Hurley allows people to to leave the island if they want to. He only brings people to the island that really want to be there. If they get there and decide, hey, this isn't for me, he lets them leave. It's not like Jacob who was like, you can never leave the island. That was right. Jacob's rule. Ben Ben even tells Hurley, you don't have to be like Jacob. You can make your own rules. You're the leader now. 
Okay. So those would be like sort of the main protector roles. The other roles would be played, would be the kids from the main characters of Lost. So you have Ji Yun, Jin and, and um, Sun's kid. You have Aaron, Claire's kid. You have David Shepard, Kate and Jack's kid. That's how you reveal that. You're like, I'm David, David Austin. Maybe he wouldn't even have the last name Shepard. Maybe he'd be Kate, you know, take Kate's last name. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Desmond's son, Charlie, (coughs) Charlie Hume. I think now that's, I, that's all I have. I am by no means touting myself as smart enough to write a lost sequel series, but I think there's enough there. I don't know. That's how you open it. Yeah. I don't know if you could go six seasons with it, but a mini series, I don't know what the threat would be. I kind of think maybe you take one of those kids of a good character and you make them the villain. Like maybe Charlie, because of all the powers and the weird shit that Desmond had going on with him because he was down in the bunker turning the fail-safe key, maybe Charlie was born with some weird powers and he becomes evil. Maybe Charlie Hume unplugs the island like Desmond did because he's uh, immune to the electromagnet stuff right kills jack shepherd kills jack the smoke monster and then takes his place as the new evil smoke monster and that's the new threat i don't know wow this is just what i'm thinking here could be (coughs) i just want some more lost guys and i'm really sorry i didn't know that i would get this deep and this detailed into it but god damn it nick asked me and i love some fucking lost so yeah you do we're going to end it on that, buddy. Thanks for recording with me and listening to me uh, in the show babble about my favorite TV show ever. No, it's cool. Thanks for having me on. For having you on. You're my co-host. We're co-hosts. With the most host. I'm Kelly Rippa. You're fucking... Uh, one, whoever Kelly Rippa's host is. Co-host. <laughs> I don't think it's anybody at the moment. Well, who was he? Was the the football player, and then the guy Michael that did Strahan. Okay, I'm, I'm Strahan. Maybe you're Michael Strahan. Who was it? Regis. Regis. Would you rather be Regis or Kelly? Oh, oh, dude. Regis. I bet you Regis fucking kissed, crushed ass, and dreams. Yeah. Much like my buddy Will. Well, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We'll see you next week for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.